0: Dell TV brings you The Stone Zone, with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone has served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Trump. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone.
1: Roger Stone and you are back this Friday in the Stone Zone. The Warren Commission, the official inquiry into the November 22, 1963, murder of American President John F. Kennedy, claims uh, that the assassin of our 37th president uh, was uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, a lone nut acting alone. Uh, It is the claim of the Warren Commission uh, that Oswald fired three shots, all from the window of the Texas School Book Depository building, uh, and that one of those three bullets uh, hit JFK from the back of the neck exited from the front of his throat and went on to strike Governor John Connolly of Texas, who was riding in the presidential limousine with President Kennedy. Uh, I have long disputed this claim of a magic bullet, which is both logically and scientifically impossible, and believe that there were multiple shooters that JFK was shot from both the front and the back and that the Warren Commission was, as President Richard Nixon said, the biggest goddamn hoax in American history. Now there is fresh information to debunk the Warren Commission even further. In 1978, the House Select Committee on Assassinations which which was formed largely because the American people have never quite believed the narrative of the Warren Commission, appointed by President Lyndon Baines Johnson, but essentially positioned to rubber stamp a seven-day investigation conducted by the FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover, who concluded within seven days that Lee Harvey Oswald was the man, That he acted alone and that he had no confederates and there was no conspiracy in 1978 the house select committee on assassinations final report held that there was indeed a conspiracy uh, and that organized crime was most likely involved although they didn't name any names it's important to note that the central intelligence agency uh completely stonewalled the House Assassination Select Committee, refusing to supply any witnesses, answer any questions, or supply any documents. That's why the final report of the committee, I think, is uh, only partially correct. Uh, Joining me today to talk about the bombshell new revelations regarding the murder of President John F. Kennedy is Troy Smith, the editor at large at Rare Thank you, d- 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 US. Pardon me, Troy. Welcome for joining. Uh, welcome in joining us here on the Stone Zone.
0: Roger, it's always an honor. And on a topic you know this big uh, that kind of intersects with all things political, uh, it's it's an honor to be here. I thank you for having me on.
1: So uh, the Kennedy assassination remains a subject uh, of enormous fascination to the American people. Uh, It's because, in my opinion, it's a murder mystery to which we still have not all of the pieces. President John F. Kennedy traveled to Dallas uh, at the urging of Vice President Lyndon Baines Johnson to try to bind up a split in the Texas Democratic Party between the progressive liberal wing headed by Senator Ralph Yarbrough uh, and the conservative bourbon wing of the party represented by Governor John Connolly. Governor Connolly ended up uh, in the presidential limousine. He was uh, formerly the chief administrative assistant to Senator Lyndon Baines Johnson, who had then uh, been designated by Johnson as a gubernatorial candidate and elevated to the governorship. On the eve of the assassination, Johnson went to uh, JFK's hotel room in Fort Worth and suggested that the lineup for the motorcade be changed, uh, and that Governor Connolly be shifted to the vice presidential car, a Cadillac convertible known as the Queen Mary, uh, and that Senator Ralph Yarborough, the despised arch rival of LBJ, be shifted to the presidential death car. When Kennedy said that that would uh, essentially auger against the whole purpose of his trip to Dallas, Johnson stormed out of the room Uh, in a fit of anger. Uh, When Jackie Kennedy asked her husband what that was all about, John Kennedy said, well, it was just Lyndon being Lyndon. Now we have extraordinary new information, and our information comes uh, not from the Stone Zone, but from the New York Times. This is interesting because the New York Times has been among the most stalwart of the media organizations insisting on propping up the increasingly discredited Warren Commission report. A Secret Service agent who was with John F. Kennedy on the day of his murder has now broken his silence and come forward with a claim that completely debunks the so-called magic bullet theory and suggests that there was, in fact, more than one shooter. Let me explain this. Uh, On the stretcher that carried Governor John Connolly into Parkland Hospital, a bullet was found that was thought to have fallen from the thigh of uh, Governor Connolly. This pristine bullet was the alleged magic bullet that the Warren Commission insisted struck JFK from behind, exited from his throat, and then did substantial damage uh, to Connolly, hitting his wrist but ending up uh, in his thigh now uh, FBI, pardon me, uh, Secret Service agent Paul Landis, 88 years old, has come forward to say, in fact, he found this bullet in the back seat of the presidential limousine, and he entered the hospital and placed it on the stretcher of the dying President John F. Kennedy. Uh, This means, of course, that the bullet somehow got over to Connolly's stretcher Uh, and has been used to promulgate a lie. Uh, The government has always claimed that Oswald acted alone, that he shot from the sixth floor of the Texas School Book Depository Building. Uh, And uh, this shocking new revelation brings into question whether there was more than one shooter and whether there was, in fact, uh, a so-called magic bullet. So, Troy, what do you make of all this?
0: Well, Roger, when I was reviewing the information for this appearance, I wanted to make it clear that it was almost like some kind of uh, religious chant with the media where they were saying three shots, three shots, three shots. And in order to you know confirm their false narrative of three shots being fired, uh, they've come up with this thing called the magic bullet theory where you have a bullet basically entering the back of Kennedy um, and and coming up through his neck, then coming out in front of him to hit Connolly and then out of his body into his wrist and then into his leg um and and then we have this testimony from uh, landis the secret service agent assigned to jackie kennedy on that fateful day and he says that he found the bullet directly behind kennedy so the idea that this bullet the magic bullet that we've heard so much about throughout the decades here um was actually behind kennedy completely dispels the idea that this bullet was flying around in all different directions and let's point out roger this is something that's been in question for a long time i mean we could look at a diagram of the magic bullet and see that the the route that the bullet takes is pretty much scientifically impossible especially at the angle uh that they claim it came from at the book depository so uh i to me this is just more confirmation That there were more than three shots fired on that day and that they didn't all come from Oswald and and people at home have to remember we're talking about seconds that they claim Oswald was loading a bolt action rifle I believe it was like something like six seconds total. Um, And the idea that he could get three shots off in that time is pretty much impossible, the idea that he could have more than three shots. In just the seconds it took to execute President Kennedy uh, that day, it's just not feasible. So this evidence from Landis, which I I just have to say, I mean, why are we seeing this now? I mean, I'm glad that we're seeing this information now, but we've had decades here of this narrative being hammered home that JFK was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald. And that was it. This evidence from Paul Landis confirms that that was not what happened. Not only that, but the information in the Warren report was intentionally falsified because we have confirmation from a woman named Phyllis Hall who worked at the hospital where JFK came uh, in that day with the gunshot wounds and she claims seeing the bullet on JFK's stretcher as well. So the Warren Commission falsely claimed that this bullet was on Connolly's stretcher and and it, it shows a pattern of lying. It shows a pattern of falsifying Uh, evidence that they were presenting to the American people in order to make it so that Oswald was the lone assailant, was the lone guy that they had to worry about. Um, It's just careful narrative crafting that is being blown up now by this bombshell evidence, Roger.
1: Yeah, there's a a couple different problems here. First of of all, there's the claim of James Tague. I had the opportunity to interview James Tague for my New York Times bestselling book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. Tague was a young car salesman, uh, he was actually a supporter of John F. Kennedy, and he decided to go down to Dealey Plaza to try to catch a glimpse uh, of the president as he went by in his motorcade. That day, Tague said that traffic was so heavy, he basically abandoned his car by parking it, and he went by foot to a location close to Daly Plaza. While he was standing there watching the the uh, presidential motorcade, uh, he reports that a bullet hit the curb where he was standing, and a fleck of cement bounced up and grazed his cheek, and he actually began to bleed. Uh, Unfortunately, or perhaps fortunately, a Texas, uh, a Dallas County Sheriff's deputy saw all of this, told Tague that he needed immediately to report what had happened to the Dallas police. Uh, And Tague went to the Dallas Police Department and fully reported what had happened to him. He left his phone number and went home expecting that there'd be some follow-up because clearly there's an unaccounted for bullet. Uh, Then he saw on television uh, the claims of Arlen Specter, who was the chief investigator of the Warren Commission, later a U.S. senator from Pennsylvania, actually a very good friend of mine. We used to argue about this over martinis. Uh, I think a point reached in which Specter actually began to believe this This falsified story because he was essentially a 28 year old and was told by J. Edgar Hoover, Alan Dulles uh, and uh, Chief Justice uh, Earl Warren of the Warren Commission that Hoover had already conducted the investigation and that Spector's job was to make his investigation uh, match the investigation of the FBI and wrap this up. Well, Tague uh, never heard from anyone, and he kept seeing on television reports of only three bullets. So James Tague was in a bar one night, and he was telling his story to a number of people and was overheard uh, by a reporter uh, named McLear, later of the McLear News Hour, uh, who was then an AP reporter. That, in turn caused uh, a front page story across America that a fourth bullet had been found. This is why Arlen Specter was forced to invent uh, the magic bullet theory in which one butt bullet uh, now claims to have, he claims, had struck both Kennedy and Connolly. Thirteen doctors and nurses in the emergency room at Parkland Hospital all record an entry wound in Kennedy's uh, throat, the bullet having entered from the front. By the time John Kennedy's body gets to Bethesda Medical Center, uh, where it was illegally removed from the state of Texas uh, in violation of state law without an autopsy, uh, Secret Service agents removing the body at gunpoint in a showdown with Texas Rangers Uh, A tracheotomy had been performed on the throat wound so that no one could not tell whether it was an entry or an exit wound. Uh, All of this, of course, is outlined in my book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ. This is my first book. It is a New York uh, York Times bestseller. Now, I want to make it clear for those who haven't read the book. I do not dispute the Central Intelligence Agency's involvement in John F. Kennedy's murder. In fact, my book bolsters that claim. I don't deny the claim that organized crime is deeply involved in the murder of JFK. In fact, my book bolsters that claim. I don't argue with the uh, claim that Big Texas Oil was involved in and actually financed the murder of John F. Kennedy their motive was clear. Kennedy wanted to repeal the oil depletion allowance, costing the Texas oil billionaires hundreds of millions of dollars in new taxes. I don't deny that the international banking community was adamantly opposed to John F. Kennedy's insistence on a silver-backed dollar. But I do make the case that Lyndon Baines Johnson was the common thread between all of these entities. If you wanna get your copy of The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, uh, you can do that by, there's the book cover, you can do that by going to themanwhokilledkennedy.com. That's themanwhokilledkennedy.com. Now, if you uh, select to buy it online, say by going to Amazon or Barnes and Noble, uh, which you're entitled to do, and I still make money on, Um, I urge you to avoid the hardcover edition and go for the paperback edition, because in the paperback, I added three additional new chapters chock full of information that you may not have seen previously. So uh, you raise an excellent question, Troy. Why now and why the New York Times? New York Times has been uh, a stalwart among what we call the lone nutters, those who insist again and again, despite all evidence that Lee Harvey Oswald uh, acted alone. Before you answer my question, let me also note that, as most people know, Oswald was paraded out in front of the public by the Dallas police uh, and was brutally murdered by a man named Jack Ruby. Ruby uh, owns the Carousel Club, or at least he's the front man. The Carousel Strip Club in uh, Dallas is actually owned by mob boss Carlos Marcello. Uh, Ruby had acted uh, and worked as a button man. That's a shooter uh, for Carlos Marcello in Chicago and actually run a casino for Marcello in Cuba. Yet the Warren Commission concludes that Jack Ruby had no known connections to organized crime. How about that? All right, Troy, why now do you think?
0: Well, you know, Roger, I can't help but feel that we are at, you know, a similar point in our history where we have uh, President Donald Trump, who, you know, uh, has kind of been a crusader against government corruption, and, and especially speaking out against the foreign wars and things of that nature. Um, And it's almost like the intelligence agencies have traded one shiny toy, the JFK assassination for what they plan to do to President Donald Trump. And this is me warning everybody out there. I mean, when you look at what President Trump stands for, his policies and things of that nature. It's very comparable to JFK, in my opinion, in in a lot of areas. And and when you look at who opposed these men, it's the same exact people. It's the same exact people with ties to LBJ, as Roger's talking about. It's the same people that are in our intelligence agencies. This is the deep state. This is what we've been talking about since 2016. This is is exactly what we're talking about. So, you know, when I'm looking at this, I'm, I'm saying I think that things have ramped up so much with Trump. It's almost like the JFK thing is not as big a deal to these people anymore because they've moved on and they have new objectives. And those objectives, I believe, are stopping President Trump and those who, who support his policies. I mean, that's kind of as basic as I can make it.
1: I think you're exactly right. You know, I actually think this story may be a, a veiled warning to Donald Trump. I mean, this kind of shows you that our intelligence agencies and others in power are perfectly capable of murdering a president, and so far they have gotten away with it. Uh, I think bolstering uh, the people's suspicion about this has been, have been the extraordinary revelations by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Now, Robert Kennedy's given a number of excellent interviews in which he's analyzed uh, the murder of both his uncle, John F. Kennedy, uh, and his father, Senator Robert F. Kennedy, who was brutally murdered in 1968 on the night of his greatest political triumph, uh, the night he won the California Democratic presidential uh, primary. Uh, And uh, in the case of RFK Jr., uh, he has referenced a book by James Douglas called uh, JFK and the Unspeakable, which makes a very comprehensive case uh, that the Central Intelligence Agency is deeply involved in the murder of JFK. Again, in my book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, I, I don't deny or debunk that. In fact, I bolster it with a, quite a bit of information. But I make the case that everybody, every entity, every, every, uh, uh, every uh, uh, group that is involved in the assassination has a tie back to Lyndon Baines Johnson. First, let me speak to motive. Uh, LBJ knew that as the sitting vice president, uh, he was under scrutiny by Attorney General Robert Kennedy in two of the largest uh, scandals, uh, corruption scandals of the day. Uh, he was under investigation in the Bobby Baker investigation. Bobby Baker was the secretary of the U.S. Senate, was essentially Johnson's right hand man and his bag man. Baker would later go to jail for accepting bribes, but the man he was accepting them from uh, was never prosecuted. That would be LBJ. Uh, but Johnson was also under investigation in the Billy Sal Estes matter. Billy Sal Estes was a flamboyant Texas Wheeler dealer, uh, deal maker, uh, and Johnson had arranged for Estes to get multi million dollar agricultural contracts for fertilizer tanks in Texas that, well, never really actually existed. Now, Robert Caro, who won a Pulitzer Prize for his multi-volume biography of LBJ, strangely enough, if you go to the index of those books, you'll find no reference whatsoever to Billy Sal Estes. Strange, it was a huge story, a much bigger story than the Bobby Baker scandal that was uh, widely covered in Caro's book. Why is this? I'll tell you why. Because after he emerged from prison and after Johnson's death, Billy Solestis went publicly and swore under oath that he had attended a meeting with Vice President Lyndon Johnson in which the murder of John F. Kennedy was plotted. And that is why establishment historians seek to completely and totally erase Billy Solestis and his claims from history. Uh, The other thing I would point out to you, uh, Troy, that I think you'll find extraordinarily interesting is that photo we just showed of Lyndon Johnson being sworn in uh, in the uh, in Air Force One. Johnson insisted in flying back uh, to Washington in Kennedy's plane. Uh, Any plane the president in is automatically designated as uh, Air Force One. But in this particular case, there is no legal purpose or reason For Johnson's swearing in ceremony. Under the Constitution and the law, the moment President John F. Kennedy has been declared dead, Lyndon Baines Johnson is automatically, legally, the President of the United States. So Johnson stages this unnecessary swearing in, in which he insists that First Lady, former First Lady now, uh, Jacqueline Kennedy, whose dress is still smeared with her husband's blood stand next to her in order to lend the Kennedy imprimatur uh, on the new presidency of Lyndon Baines Johnson. Johnson, in order to twist the knife in his hated arch rival, Robert F. Kennedy, then the Attorney General of the United States, later the U.S. Senator from New York, he actually calls RFK, RFK Jr.'s father, the man who's currently running for president, uh, and asks him to get the oath because he wants to take it. Robert Kennedy is well aware of the fact that no oath is required. The other disturbing thing is in wire photos, Johnson can actually be seen winking uh, at one of his cronies, a segregationist congressman from Texas, who can be seen in wearing a bow tie uh, over Johnson's shoulder. All of that uh, was a show. According to my book and numerous sources, Johnson feared that Robert Kennedy was going to see through the plot and call him out, which, of course, never actually happened. Robert Kennedy, the attorney general, wondered whether his pursuit of the mob had played some role in his brother's murder. He also feared that his involvement with anti-Castro, anti-communist Cuban exiles may have played some role. Uh, But the claims by Lyndon Johnson Uh, who told Chief Justice Earl Warren in order to convince him to head a commission that Warren did not want to head was uh, a vague insinuation that John Kennedy had been murdered by the Russians. Let me be very clear. There is not an iota of evidence that the Russians or the Cubans were involved in the murder of John F. Kennedy. Uh, It is interesting that Malcolm Kilduff, who was the deputy press secretary for uh, John F. Kennedy, uh, the man who can be seen on YouTube today declaring uh, that John F. Kennedy has been declared dead by doctors, finds himself on an elevator with new president Lyndon Johnson minutes after that press conference, and he is, of course, distraught, his boss having just been gunned down. Keldoff says to President Johnson, Uh, Mr. President, who would do this? Who would do such a thing? And Johnson says it was a communist son. Kildoff says to Johnson, a communist, sir? What kind of communist? It was a Russian communist son. Now, this is odd because Lee Harvey Oswald has not yet been apprehended. So how does President Lyndon Johnson know that John F. Kennedy was shot by a russian communist the whole thing smells a very bad troy back to you
0: oh it does roger and i think the point uh that the american people need to understand here is when we're talking about the president of the united states i mean this is supposed to be the most powerful person in the united states government and when you learn that this person is up for up for shooting i mean they shot the president of the united states and, and there's no indication that they don't still have that ability. I mean, we're talking about 1964 versus today. Take a look at the federal budget compared to 1964 and today. And I'll give you an idea of how much more advanced these people are now than they were back then. Uh, if they can kill a sitting president, then they're the ones that are in control of this country, not the politicians. And I think that's kind of the big point to make here, Roger, is, you know, this bullet, this story of this bullet being discovered behind Kennedy, it completely confirms that Oswald was not the only shooter. There's no argument to be made in that regard anymore. It proves that there was a conspiracy. Multiple people conspired to kill the president of the United States. Now, you have kind of laid it out in your book there, the CIA ties, the FBI ties. I happen to believe that the intelligence agencies were basically behind this and that you had Lyndon Baines Johnson kind of acting as kind of like their puppet. It's like their representative. And I think it's important for the public to realize what happens after Kennedy gets killed too, with Vietnam and especially the uh, Cold War that we're fighting against the Russians. I mean, that ramps up tremendously, tremendously after Kennedy's assassination. So it's like they used Kennedy and, and his death to launch this administration that did basically everything that the intelligence agencies wanted to, much like what we see today with Joe Biden. It, it, it's very comparable situation that we're seeing right now. So I think that, you know, we just have to be aware of the fact that these politicians, these people that we put into office, the assassination of John F. Kennedy shows us that those politicians are not the people in control. It's the deep state behind them that pulls the levers and understands exactly what's happening and and plots these things out. I mean, when you're talking about Lyndon Johnson, knowing that Lee Harvey Oswald had ties to Russia and things like that beforehand, and that he was a communist beforehand, I mean, you're talking about a plotted event, a staged uh, thing where the government kind of comes in and they they facilitate the outcome that they want so that they can push their narrative. And I think that maybe the reason we didn't see this kind of evidence revealed, maybe, you know, in the last 60 years is because they would kill anybody who stepped stood against them. And, and and maybe, just maybe, we've gone far enough into the future where those people, those ruthless people are not in control of the government anymore. It's, it's a new crop. So if the game changes, it, it shifts, the, the, the line moves. That's kind of what, what I'm seeing here. Yeah,
1: there's a couple of other key factors here that I think need to be put forward. First of all, Lee Harvey Oswald uh, has no nitrate burns on his chest or his arms or his hands. So it is alleged on this day that he files uh, fires a leaky uh, military, Italian military carbine that he has purchased for $29 by mail order, uh, yet he has no powder burns on him, thus proving that when he says, uh, as he's being pulled out into public, uh, I never shot any, I didn't shoot anybody I'm a patsy. This is what he says shortly before he is murdered uh, by Jack Ruby. Why the Dallas police would even uh, expose Oswald in this way leads one to believe that it was Ruby's job to silence Oswald before Oswald could go to trial. Uh, There you see Jack Ruby uh, shooting Lee Harvey Oswald. Uh, This was seen on national television and it shocked uh, the nation. I think you're right, Troy, particularly when you take into consideration the question of all these classified documents. So in 1978, the Congress passed uh, the JFK Assassination Records Act, uh, which held that in 2017, unless the president of the United States lodged some objection, all of the government's classified documents regarding the Kennedy Assassination would be declassified. That meant it was up to President Donald Trump as to whether these documents would see the light of day. I spoke to President Trump in early 2017, and I asked him what his decision would be, uh, and strangely, he was unaware of the fact that this due date was coming up quickly. I spoke to him subsequently, and he told me I was right, and that he had not yet made a decision as to what to do, But he was leaning towards declassifying all of this material. He asked me to make the case in favor of declassification if I supported it. I strongly supported it, having written this book. uh, And I told him, look, uh, the argument against this will be that your declassification of these documents will expose the sources and methods of the U.S. government, specifically of our intelligence agencies. Well, the sources part is ridiculous. It's been 60 years. There's nobody yet alive who was involved uh, in the murder of John F. Kennedy. And in terms of their methods, well, if the elements of the U.S. government were involved in the assassination of an American president, I think we need to know that. In the end, Donald Trump would declassify about 80% of the documents that were up for declassification. And held back 20 percent of the documents uh, over the because of the vehement objections of CIA director Mike Pompeo. Uh, I think this is a decision today that President Trump probably regrets because he has subsequently announced if he returns to the White House, he will declassify all of these documents because it's time for the American people to know the truth. Fast forward to the administration of Joe Biden now Biden has the authority to declassify the 20% of the documents that Trump has held back. Uh, He releases a smattering of documents, but still holds back some key documents so that the American people still don't know who really killed John F. Kennedy. Uh, It is a very tangled web, uh, but I think, Troy, your analysis is right on the money. What this proves is we have uh, an unelected elite, in our government, a permanent elite, President Dwight Eisenhower called them the military industrial complex, Uh, but today we call them the deep state. Uh, It is the war machine writ large. It is uh, elements of the military, elements of our intelligence agencies, big defense contractors, think tanks, uh, academia. They have now invaded every sphere of influence uh, in the American government. uh, And they really are in many ways in charge, regardless of who is president. I think that is, in fact, the real story here. One more time, if people want to get their copy of my book, when I saw Mel Gibson at at the UFC fight uh, in uh, Las Vegas, uh, he sought me out to tell me that my book, The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, was the single best book he had read on the Kennedy assassination because I tied all the elements together, the CIA, organized crime, big Texas oil, uh, and of course uh, the international banks. Uh, You can get your copy of The Man Who Killed Kennedy, The Case Against LBJ, by going to themanwhokilledkennedy.com. That's themanwhokilledkennedy.com. Uh, And if you buy the book at that website, well, you'll get an autographed copy of the expanded paperback version. That is the superior version uh, of the book. Uh, Let me say that um, uh, I learned an extraordinary amount about Lyndon Johnson and his character. So my book is both a personal profile of perhaps our second most corrupt president in U.S. history, Lyndon Johnson, Uh, What you say is absolutely true about Johnson's reversal of the policies of John Kennedy. We now know, uh, and Robert F. Kennedy has confirmed this, that John F. Kennedy was in communications with Russian leader and dictator Nikita Khrushchev in an exchange of personal letters that were passed through non-diplomatic sources because Kennedy knew that the intelligence services would take a dim view of his efforts to ensure that we weren't lurching towards World War III uh, with the nuclear-armed Soviets. Uh, We also know, uh, in retrospect, uh, that uh, in the Bay of Pigs invasion, that the Central Intelligence Agency double-crossed JFK. Their original invasion plan called for 29 Panamanian-flagged bombers flown by Cuban pilots out of Panama to provide air cover for the Cuban refugees who were storming the beaches in Cuba in a U.S.-backed invasion of that island communist nation. Unfortunately, the Bay of Pigs plan had leaked. Fidel Castro knew exactly when uh, and uh, where they were coming. uh, And these Cuban heroes were cut to ribbons by Cuban sharpshooters uh, working for Fidel Castro's regime. The FBI, pardon me, the Secret Service canceled the air cover for the men, uh, causing the Air Force Chief of Staff, Curtis LeMay, to go to JFK and insist that the only way that Kennedy could save the day in the Bay of Pigs invasion was by ordering in the U.S. Air Force. That, of course, violated Kennedy's uh, requirement that the entire Bay of Pigs operation include plausible deniability, that it not look like a U.S.-funded and led invasion of the Cuban communist island regime. So Kennedy refused. This is one of the major motives uh, of the military industrial complex for the removal of John Kennedy. We also know that in the Cuban missile crisis, Kennedy was angry because of a complete failure of intelligence. So he and his attorney general brother, learned that the Cubans, uh, pardon me, the Russians had mounted missiles aimed at the United States and Cuba in a shocking surprise. And then, despite the narrative put forward by Hollywood uh, and the Camelot mythmakers that John and Robert Kennedy bravely faced down Nikita Khrushchev, who removed the missiles in a showdown, well, that's not actually true. Uh, For 40 years, those in the deep state, those in the intelligence agencies, have known that Robert and John Kennedy made a secret deal with Khrushchev to remove our NATO missiles from Cuba, uh, pardon me, from Turkey uh, and Italy, changing the balance of power uh, in the European theater. But that was a classified secret for more than 40 years. Uh, Speaks again to the motives of the deep state in the takedown of John F. Kennedy. All right, uh, we have to wrap this segment up. I want to thank Troy Smith of rare.us for joining us in what I hope has been a revelatory session regarding the deep questions that still remain regarding the assassination of John F. Kennedy and the impact of this bombshell new information which seems to prove once and for all that the narrative of a lone gunman shooting from behind John F. Kennedy, hitting him from behind, has now been debunked not only by a veteran Secret Service agent, but also by a, uh, a nurse, Phyllis Hall, who worked in Parkland Hospital, who saw the pristine bullet uh, that Paul Landis, Secret Service agent, actually placed on the stretcher of John F. Kennedy a bullet that would end up on Governor John Connolly's stretcher uh, and give rise to the entire fake magic bullet narrative. Troy Smith of Rare.us, thank you so much for joining us here on The Stone Zone.
0: Thank you, Roger. And I just want to say to your audience real quickly, uh, just for added context here, I want them to go out and check out Richard Nixon's memoirs because several times in his memoirs he talks about the same people that we're speaking of, deep staters, that were preventing him from getting uh, certain information, preventing certain things from happening. So there's a continuation here. And Roger, it's an honor to talk about this with you. Thank you very much for having me on. Uh,
1: Thank you, Troy. You make an excellent case. Uh, Nixon always believed that the Warren Commission was a hoax. He said so both to me and to his young aide, Patrick J. Buchanan, and upon becoming president, he demanded that the CIA hand over all the classified documents to the White House Counsel's Office. The CIA stonewalled that request, adding to the deep suspicion of the Central Intelligence Agency by President Nixon. Fast forward to the Watergate break-in. Of the eight Watergate burglars, Four of them are still on the active payroll of the Central Intelligence Agency, which four? The exact same four who just happened to be on the ground in Dilly Plaza on November 22nd, 1963, including uh, E. Howard Hunt, the notorious CIA operative. So uh, this uh, story is to be continued. You're right. There is a direct line between those who murdered John F. Kennedy in a bloody coup those who removed Richard Nixon because he threatened the power of the Central Intelligence Agency and the National Security Agency, Uh, those who tried to take out President Ronald Reagan in the Iran-Contra scandal, because I am convinced that Reagan was kept in the dark by the machinations of the CIA, Colonel Oliver North, and Vice President George H.W. Bush. I also believe the assassination attempt Uh, on Ronald Reagan, uh, has ties directly to the Bush crime family. You can read my book, The Bush Crime Family, that makes that documented case. And of course, these are the same entities, the same elements of government who were behind the Russian collusion hoax, who were behind the two attempted impeachments of Donald Trump, and today who seek to vilify and crucify him for exercising his First Amendment rights to question the outcome of what looks to me to be a very, very suspicious presidential election. Troy Smith of Rare.us, thank you so much for joining us in the Stone Zone. Thank you, sir. All right, folks, uh, that was a, a great segment. We tried to jam quite a bit in there. Uh, this, These new revelations by Paul Landis are in the New York Times, very well covered by the UK Daily Mail as well. And Landis now has a second witness who's come forward, nurse Phyllis Hall, who was working in Parkland Hospital, who says she saw the pristine bullet uh, that Landis claims he placed on the stretcher of President John F. Kennedy. Somehow this bullet gets to the stretcher of John Connolly, the governor of Texas, and is used to justify the false narrative. Of a single shooter and a magic bullet. Uh, I do want to remind you uh, that our whole program today is brought to you by the great people at MyPillow.com. Now when you go to MyPillow.com I ask you to use promo code STONE. So if you were as outraged as I was uh, when uh, a uh, in a recent deposition uh, Mike Lindell was accused of selling lumpy pillows Well, then you can push back against that fake narrative by going right now to MyPillow.com and using promo code STONE to buy Mike Lindell's revolutionary new pillow. It's called MyPillow 2.0. MyPillow 2.0 uses a patented cooling technology that is woven into the pillow, keeping the pillow cool to the touch throughout the entire night. Mike Lindell himself has told us that height and temperature are the two absolute keys to a perfect night's sleep. Now, there's a special on the MyPillow 2.0, a special four-pack offer in which you can get four of these revolutionary new pillows, uh, normally a value of $259.92, but with promo code STONE, uh, you can get four pillows for $99.98. That is a true bargain. So if you love Mike Lindell, as I do, one of the finest Christian gentlemen I have ever met, uh, uh, the ultimate optimist and patriot, uh, if you're enjoying our programming here at the Stone Zone and you want to help both of us, go to MyPillow.com right now and use promo code STONE for all of your shopping needs. Uh, I could spend more time talking about great products, including the dog beds, the pet blankets, the all-season slippers, uh, the My Pillow sandals, the throw blankets, the waffle blankets, the bathrobe closeout sale, uh, the Giza dream sheets, the six-piece towel set. Every great product is available at MyPillow.com with deep discounts when you use promo code STONE. So please uh, go there and give us your loyal patronage. It is how we finance this show five days a week at 4 o'clock Central, 5 o'clock Eastern, every single weekday. Joining me now in the Stone Zone for a special segment uh, that we call The Rolling Stones uh, is my uh, faux-adopted nephew, Alex Stone, who is a fine and articulate young conservative and Christian who brings us uh, the a point of view of the younger generation. Alex Stone joins us in the Stone Zone now.
2: Roger, thank you so much for having me on. It's amazing every time I get to be on your show. I just want to reiterate the use promo code Stone to get a discount on your MyPillows. I have my MyPillow travel pillow here. I take it everywhere that I go. Uh, Whenever I go on Reawaken America tour trips, I take it with me. Tomorrow I'm going to uh, Indiana for a soccer trip for my college. I'm taking this with me, and it helps me sleep on airplanes, on buses, and on cars. It's truly amazing. Uh, Roger, I said this a few weeks ago when I was guest hosting your show, uh, The Stone Zone. I said that we we are supposed to be living in the United States of America, where we're supposed to be the land of the free and the home of the brave. However, more and more often, it seems as if we are becoming the land of the tyranny and the home of the coward. Right now we are living in that and, and it is truly sad to see. I was uh, in my American history class today uh, at my college uh, in Kansas City, Missouri. And I was listening to what my professor said. His name is Dr. Uh, Bittner. He was a Colonel in the United States Army. And and he said, did you guys hear about what New Mexico governor did a few days ago? And I haven't been paying attention to the news recently. I've been caught up with school and, and, and uh, getting homework done. And he started talking about this bill or uh, this executive order that the New Mexico governor uh, just recently signed, which was she was trying to ban guns for the next 30 or so days to create a cool down effect on violence in New Mexico. Now, obviously, as we all know, as patriots know, that is unconstitutional. I'm just going to I'm going to read the Bill of Rights. Uh, In the United States Bill of Rights, Amendment 2 says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now I'm going to read the New Mexico Bill of Rights Uh, in Section 6. It says no law shall abridge the right of the citizen to keep and bear arms for security and defense for lawful hunting and recreational use and for other lawful purposes but nothing herein shall be held to permit the carrying of concealed weapons so she has violated not only the united states constitution but also the new mexico constitution when these people get up and tell their oath of offices they make a promise with their right hand with their hand on the bible and they say that they are going to protect and defend the constitution of the united states and the constitution of their state Now, the New Mexico governor has not done that. Rather, she has tried to go around that by signing executive orders, trying to get rid of guns, trying to ban guns. And we all know that this is terrible. Now, I think that the American people need to grow some balls and start to say something about what is going on. We have a remnant of people, but the remnant needs to start to grow and get involved and start talking, and speaking up, and standing for our rights, or we are going to lose our rights inevitably.
1: Uh, Alex, uh, that was very well stated. I think it's important to note that the governor's justification of this draconian and unconstitutional act was uh, an alleged health emergency. Uh, There is no health emergency, but very clearly, uh, the deep state, and the folks uh, at Big Pharma, and those in the Uh, the uh, medical industrial complex have one planned and on the drawing boards. Uh, It's also interesting to see the way that many in the New Mexico Democratic Party, including that state's attorney general, seeing the extraordinary backlash against the governor's unwise action, have Lester let her hang out there by herself. Uh, The county sheriff in uh, the state capitol says that he will not enforce the unconstitutional order. The attorney general of the state, a Democrat, says he will not defend the governor's order in the state courts. In my opinion, this was a test. This was uh, a test to see what would happen uh, in a purple state, which is what I would call New Mexico, a state that is still competitive for both Republicans and Democrats, if the governor just tried to grab all the guns or, more precisely, deny people the right to bear them. Uh, it has not uh, gone well for uh, the government uh, of the uh, the the administration of the governor of New Mexico. And I think, therefore, this test has failed. Uh, because we need a little bit of humor on a Friday, Alex, I want to ask you about this. Uh, when he went to Ireland several months ago, on the day he returned, President Joe Biden said he couldn't remember the last time he'd been out of the country. Uh, then uh, yesterday... Speaking to a group of rabbis, uh, President Biden said that he was raised in the synagogues of Delaware. Delaware has a relatively small Jewish community. Uh, in Biden's 2007 memoir, Promises to Keep, he doesn't contain a single reference to the word synagogue. And his seven uses of the word Jews or Jewish all have to do with history or politics. There is no reflection of his attending synagogue services in his state. Now, this would be funny, except for several months ago, he claimed that he was uh, raised in the Puerto Rican community uh, in the state of Delaware, uh, which is kind of hard to believe, because when he was elected to the Senate in 1972, there were less than 2,000 Puerto Ricans in the entire state. There is no record of his having been involved with the Puerto Rican community either uh, Biden says uh, in the uh, 1960s uh, that he was involved and arrested in civil rights protests the problem with that is in 1987 he said um, I was involved only to the extent that I knew what black people were thinking but I was not out marching I was not in Selma I was not anywhere else so w- which which is it This is the same Joe Biden who told an Idaho audience that his first job offer in his adult career came from a local lumber and wood products company called Boise Cascade. The problem is that is news to the folks at Boise Cascade who have no record of having an employee named Joe Biden or having ever offered Joe Biden a job. Biden further says... Uh, that uh, at the Naval Academy graduation ceremony last May that he had been appointed to the prestigious Annapolis Military College by the late Senator J Caleb Boggs that is actually the man Joe Biden defeated in 1972 yet a search of the Annapolis archives and a search of Boggs Senate archives failed to turn up any evidence that Joe Biden was ever appointed uh, to the uh, to the Naval Academy. Last month, while discussing wildfire devastation in Hawaii, uh, Biden says that his Delaware home almost collapsed from a small kitchen fire almost two decades ago after telling survivors one week prior to that that firefighters ran into the flames to rescue First Lady Jill Biden. At a fire prevention summit in o- in October, he claimed, we almost lost a couple of firefighters prompting the local fire department in Wilmington to release a statement calling the kitchen blaze small and insignificant. Uh, now, just days ago, Alex, Joe Biden says that he distinctly remembers being on the ground uh, on, uh, at ground zero the day after 9-11. But the problem with that is that records show that he was in Washington, D.C., and on the U.S. Senate floor the day after 9-11. Maybe this explains why a new Wall Street Journal poll shows that 73% of general election voters believe Joe Biden is too old for office versus only 47% of voters who say that Republican frontrunner Donald Trump uh, is too old. What do you make of this tissue of lies that Joe Biden keeps
2: telling? There's a lot that I can make of this tissue of lies, as you just called it. Um, I, I'm not sure if you were paying attention on my face, but I was I was doing my best to hold in laughter, considering the fact that every few months he starts saying something new about where he grew up and where he was raised. It's a bunch of garbage. And and, and for some reason, the American people uh, do not realize that it's garbage. Uh, you know, Roger, I think we live in a nation that is full of idiots. And, and any person who believes any of this garbage that Joe Biden keeps saying every every day, every week, whatever, you're an idiot if you believe it, right? Because yep. as you just said, for every single one of these instances, there's no record of really any of this. And, and when he goes to Hawaii to say that he almost lost his car in his home because of an electrical fire, that's insulting to the people that just died in a fire in Hawaii. It's terrible and awful, and and this person is the uh, he, he's supposed to be the president of the United States, but he has no respect and no honor uh, for anyone, and so he decides to make up stories to try and relate. But these stories are a bunch of BS garbage. It is so sad to see the way that we have come as a nation. We've gone we've come this way because of people who have refused to get involved, refused to stand up, refused to tell the truth. I've said this over and over again on my show, and I think I've uh, said it previously on your show is that we, uh, you know, in 2016, we heard all the time silent majority this, silent majority of that. I never want to hear that again, and I still hear it today. I never want to hear silent majority in my life ever again because we need to actually stand up and actually get involved and do something. The reason why we have President Biden in place is because we have refused to do just that
1: Uh, excellent point i guess to me the single most egregious one is joe biden telling gold star families that he remembers when his son bo's flag draped uh, coffin came back from afghanistan the problem with that of course is that his son bo biden tragically died uh, while serving as attorney general of delaware uh, from a brain cancerous tumor Uh, it is an insult to those gold star families. Joe Biden is really too old for this job, which is why if he gets in a rematch with President Donald J. Trump, Trump is going to beat him like a drum, Uh, lawfare or no lawfare. All right, we are out of time. Alex, tell folks where they can see your show.
2: Well, I I just want to comment on the last thing that you said. I I don't think that it's he is too old because President Biden and Donald Trump, uh, they're roughly the same age. Uh, president Biden is unfit because he has dementia and he's dying very, very quickly. Uh, that is why he is unfit, not because he's too old. President Trump is still uh, extremely fit for this office uh, of president of the United States because he's not dying of dementia. His mental capacity is still the same that it was uh, eight years ago when he was running for president of the United States for the first time. And and he is only improving in the polls because Uh, he's good at what he does Uh, now I do want to comment on that Um, you can find me on Truth Social A underscore Stonewall then you can also find my show on Rumble Apple Podcasts and Spotify A Stonewall's Perspective I'm on a mission to spread the light of the gospel into every aspect of life and yes I did say every including the things that people do not like to discuss such as politics I would also like to plug your book Stone's Rules it's a great book and it has changed my life Roger thank you so much
1: Uh, Thank you very much, Alex Stone. Uh, By the way, I appreciate your correcting me. It is not that Joe Biden is too old. Uh, Age is a relative number. Uh, His health uh, and his cognizant abilities are clearly diminished, and he is no longer fit to be president. If folks are interested in a copy of Stone's Rules, they can go to stonesrulesbook.com, stonesrulesbook.com. It has an epic introduction by my good friend, Tucker Carlson, you can get an autographed copy by going to stonesrulesbook.com. Alex Stone, thank you and God bless you. Uh, And until Monday, uh, this has been The Stone Zone. This weekend on my WABC uh, New York radio show, I have stand-up comedian uh, and patriot Rob Schneider uh, and also attorney, uh, 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 let's see, anyway, Mike Davis joins us uh, from the uh, the uh, A3 Judicial Accountability Project. Uh, he is a hard-charging conservative attorney, former majority counsel, uh, former, pardon me, former senior counsel to the U.S. Uh, Senate Judiciary Committee under Senator Chuck Grassley. So you can listen to that show at wabcradio.com uh, on Sunday afternoon between 3 and 5. Please tune in. Uh, for that great show, Mike Davis, Rob Schneider, this weekend on WABC. Until Monday, God bless you and Godspeed.
3: Looks like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back my pillow guy and you're looking good you're still feeling good Well just when you thought it couldn't get any better we've got the best pillow ever my pillow 2.0 Wow
0: it's
3: so soft and smooth It's cool to the touch How did you do that? Well we took my pillow's patented bill and combined it with this new technology that we didn't have back then when I invented my pillow to bring you the best pillow in history, my pillow 2.0. Just like all of you, I never imagined that my pillow could get any better. That's why I haven't changed it in nearly 20 years. Then I heard about a revolutionary new technology and I knew I had to bring it to y'all. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The my pillow 2.0 is cooler and softer than the last my pillow. It is so comfortable to sleep on at night i look forward to going to bed and i wake up well rested in the morning sleep is all about temperature and height my pillow 2.0's patented adjustable fill is going to give you the exact individual support you need from your head to your bed and now here's where it gets even better we've all experienced those temperature related sleep interruptions where you get too hot you toss and turn you flip your pillow over to the cool side Well, all that's gone with my brand new MyPillow 2.0 cooling fabric that's made with temperature-regulating thread. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a MyPillow or not, you need to get the brand new MyPillow 2.0. Call or go to MyPillow.com now. Use your promo code, and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better. And cooler, too. And you're looking good feeling good i knew you would is it my